This is the Wildflower Bee Farm Report for Monday, June 1st, 2020. Splitting hives and other things going on at the wildflowerbeefarm.com. This week's podcast is about um, something called hive splitting that I uh, show some videos on wildflowerbeefarm.com. If you're a member, you get to see them and get some inside information on what it was like yesterday when I did that. So uh, the idea of splitting comes way back from a discussion among beekeepers probably decades or hundreds of years ago about how to sort of propagate or create your own hives when you have one or two. Plus, recently there's been a great deal of discussion of how organic beekeepers use splitting to help hives uh, fight Vi- uh, varroa mites, but also to help hives propagate and be- so you can become self- self-sustaining. There are many different ways that people talk about splitting hives, and um, the the technique I use is, is called a walk-away split just because it's, uh, I think, the least disruptive. Um, the worst thing that can happen is when you split a hive this way is that you have two hives, that you've created a new one from one, one of the two will probably 99% for sure survive. The other one, perhaps 95% or less, based on conditions, will survive. But regardless, you're not going to destroy a hive. In fact, you're probably going to make them healthier because of what we're going to talk about. So remember, you can go to wildflowerbeefarm.com to watch the short video of my splitting a hive yesterday. Let me explain a little bit about what happened. So the... Um, The rest of our hives came to the wildflower bee farm, so they were brought, and I took them out to the the different areas. And this year, we're putting um, our bees in sort of alone. So there'll be a hive alone in a section of a bush, and then, you know, 100 yards down, there'll be another hive. So they won't be all clustered. The most we'll have is two or three, and then we will break those up as well. So they're they're strategically placed throughout the 50-acre property. The other thing that we're looking at is um, maintain a significant number of single uh, box hives. I call them single boxes, uh, single single um, large frames, so that there's just one area for the bees. There's not multiple boxes or what they call supers above. There's just going to be one, and there's some risk to that in the sense that the bees will likely swarm many times because they'll create. Um, they'll be so compact with their space as the queen lays her eggs, she'll need, they'll need to have more space and they will swarm, which means by definition half of the bees plus a new queen will go fly away and develop a swarm and look for a new place to live, leaving the old hive behind with half the resources and half the number of bees. The reason we're going to a single box system for probably, I would, I would predict 70% of our hives eventually, is that it provides for a defined space that's easily managed, m- much more easily managed than a larger space. Um, the science shows that the bees can survive very cold weather, even though they're in a very small space, provided that they're allowed to prepare for that by collecting as much honey as possible. So the splitting of those hives is what I'm going to talk about today. And when the hives came yesterday, I asked the senior beekeeper when would be time for the bees to be split. And he said that probably now because they were getting, they they seem, the boxes seem quite full of, of bees. The process starts by looking at where you're going to put your new split hive into. So the idea was if I had a box of uh, drawn-out comb from last year. That's simply uh, 
honey that was taken off of comb wax and now the empty comb is there and if you give that to bees on a split it's easier for them to get started and, and there's still some honey left probably a little bit and they'll feel better about it so that's important and some space to then transfer the other um, frames from the existing hive so what you do is you open up a hive that has um, a queen and is is functioning and you look to take out a couple of frames up to I take generally three or four and two of the frames you want to have brood and larvae and and hopefully some eggs you need eggs because what will happen is when you transfer the three or four frames over so you'll have a frame of pollen a couple frames of uh, brood or eggs or maybe even one is enough if you have eggs and then some worker bees and you put that into your new hive without a queen when the very quickly the bees notice that there's no queen and so they select some of the um, eggs or very early larvae and they start feeding them uh, in a way so that that and they build a cell around it for a queen so they feed them royal jelly they make the 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 queen cell it's called large so that that now worker egg what was supposed to be a worker egg, is going to become a queen and in something like 16 days uh, they that queen will hatch if others hatch they'll fight it out the winner will fly away and um, uh, the drone will uh, make her fertile and she'll come back and start laying eggs so you basically create a new queen by doing this now there's a lot of risks to the beehive they there may be you thought there were eggs and there weren't any and uh, or the queen you go through the whole process the queen flies away but a bird eats that queen when she's coming back to the hive or whatever may happen so there's risk um, to that but it's kind of nature's way now in the in the boxes so I split approximately half of the hives that we had the other half we we totally leave alone until August when we'll talk about um, varroa mite uh, help but the the other six or seven hives that we have that are singles they're called who have not been split will likely swarm in the next week or two and we also have some swarm catcher hives these are hives out there so that if the scouts go out looking for places to go when they swarm they'll be able to go to that hive and bring the family over and we'll have another hive from the swarm version hopefully we can catch a few hives that way so that's sort of the plan now the splitting of hives you know you try to do quickly with the least amount of intrusion but it's very much like when a hive swarms so when yesterday for half of those hives when i took out three or four um frames and replaced them with drawn out empty frames for the queen to lay eggs and the bees to do their thing and what was remaining it's kind of like they suddenly had space as if they had been there had been a swarm and so they they you might postpone a swarm or but it is somewhat healthy because you clean it sort of gives them a rejuvenance a new purpose and the other thought behind with varroa mites if you if you break the lay egg larvae cycle you actually stop varroa mites for a while which can make the hive healthy as well because the new hive takes 16 days plus to to um, have a queen many say it's about four weeks before they really start laying three and a half to four weeks so you have almost a month where there are no new eggs and no new larvae being formed which is where the varroa mite sort of latches on and starts to develop 
inside the cat brood, inside that developing worker egg larvae. So there is some belief that, and some evidence to support, by splitting a hive naturally like this, you can help reduce the varroa mite population and, and keep the bees healthier. And that's actually what happens when they swarm um, to a lesser extent because the queen is already ready when they swarm and they then start producing right away. So that was what happened yesterday. Now, the interesting part about... Um, and I'm, I'm, frankly, I'm hurting a bit today because when you when you move a hive, you have into some of the areas in the bush where we moved them. I had to walk over like sort of little, little hills of uh, of soil carrying these hives, and it was quite an interesting experience. I had preset it all out so I knew the mapping of where it would be and everything, but it was a challenge. So today I'm just going to go check and make sure they're numbered properly. I have a map with all my hives on them. Be able to document what we did. It'll take about a day of. Um, a day of uh, accountability or accounting. Please remember, too, one of our goals at the wildflowerbeefarm.com is research. So all this, you know, descriptive information we're collecting and data we're collecting, hopefully we'll see the outcome uh, when the bees can finally be around on a 30-acre, 50-acre, uh, actually, farm where there's bush and also 30 acres of wildflowers, tall prairie grass, and clover. That won't be fully functional till next year, but even though the clover is coming up now, so they should have quite a quite a crop of clover around end of July, August, probably August before we see it. So it's going to make for some interesting times. Anyway, I'll keep you posted on this podcast. Remember to go to the wildflowerbeefarm.com. Become a Worker Bee member and, and you'll get the videos that we post. I post them regularly in some of the stories. You can even sponsor a hive or your company can where we put your name on the hive and we give you other personal updates as to how your hive's doing. You can use it in your marketing and you can Get your staff involved if you want a business, business sorry, or your family involved. That's at wildflowerbeefarm.com. I'm Henry for the uh, Wildflower Bee Farm. I look forward to speaking to you again next time on this podcast.